Hi, my name is Jarrell and welcome to Phil Am Chat. Today's topic is going to be on Filipino representation in public health. Our special guest today is going to be Jennifer, how do you spell, say your last name? Kayanen. Okay, so she was a former SSU alumni from the um, Bachelor's of Science of Public Health. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Jennifer, but I go by Jen. I am 23 years old and my pronouns are she, her. I am a second generation Filipino-American born and raised in the Bay Area. And I graduated from San Jose State in December 2019 with a, public health, with a degree in public health and a minor in Asian American studies. I currently am contracted through Haluna Health to work at the California Department of Public Health as the CalReady Help Desk. And CalReady is a database that surveillance different diseases in California, including COVID-19. Oh, wow. So first question that I'm going to ask then is what type of education and training prepared you for this career field? Yeah, so I got my degree in public health from SJSU, but I also want to note that a lot of my colleagues at the help desk, they didn't necessarily get their degree in public health. Um, some of them got their degrees in like child health and adolescence or psychology. And I think one of them also got their degree in nutrition. But um, I had interned quite a lot in my undergrad career. I interned at the County of Santa Clara at, um, as their analytics and reporting intern for the department, for the analytics and reporting department for the Santa Clara Valley Medical Center. And I also interned at Kaiser's Health Education Department. And then um, after I graduated from San Jose State, I did receive go into the California Department of Public Health uh, internship program. It's a special internship for California State University students. And that really helped me prepare for my career field, especially when working at the state. I've also volunteered at um, Kaiser and Valley Medical Center as, an, as a volunteer. And so I was able to like learn and familiarize myself with HIPAA, which is a law in California and some of the relevant tasks I do at my current job. Oh, wow. So um, what type of education training would you recommend for someone just starting out in the career, like for someone who wanted a job? So you mentioned HIPAA. So what can you explain like what type of education training that you did? Yeah, so civic system does a lot of epidemiology and statistics. And those are the two classes that you would take at, in a degree in public health. And I think just interning is really important because you learn new and different skill sets that you might not get to um, use or utilize or even learn in a undergrad degree. And so, like I said, I've interned in the county and I've also interned at the state and or a local hospital, just so that you familiarize yourself with different, um, I guess just different knowledge or new, what is it called? like new skill sets that you might not get in undergrad. Oh, I see. Yeah. So in that case, I think my next question will be, what types of skills are necessary for succeeding in the career itself? Okay, what kind of skills that are necessary? So I'm part of the CalReady Help Desk. And so we help end users with different questions that they might have. So I think customer service is really important. And you might not think about that. Like I know for my parents, they were very heavy like dead set on me just going to school and not getting any experience outside of uh, outside of the classroom. But even customer service, including like food service or 
even just working at the mall is I think a experience that you could still use when you do apply for jobs, especially in jobs like this, where we're always working with quote unquote customers and trying to support them in the best manner and professional manner that we can. I would also say uh, team building, although a lot of the work that I do is independent, um, especially since I'm still pretty new to the job, I really heavily rely on my coworkers and especially the, the veteran coworkers who have been there for a couple years now. And so um, it's really important for me that if I do ask a question that I know and can rely on my coworkers to help me figure out the answer to it. Also, um, paying attention to detail, a lot of my job, I uh, create login and passwords for end users to use and to use CalReady. And so those different applications that they have to sign has specific criteria that they would need in order for me to create their accounts and give them the specific uh, jurisdiction that they might need. And so I need to make sure that all the paperwork is signed and correct. And then when I enter in that information into CalReady that that information is correct too, or they might not get the needed credentials to in order for them to do their work. Oh, I see. So yeah. I forgot to add this in one of the questions on here. Yeah. Um, in terms of programming languages, do you see a lot of people use R, SAS, SPSS? What do you see more of, or even Python? You know, actually, I think since I'm only the help desk, I don't necessarily see that work being mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that San Jose State, we do use SPSS, but I know mm -hmm. at like UC Berkeley, they do teach, I think, R. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of them that you said. Yeah. But um, I'm not quite sure what that, like the epidemiologists or the statisticians would use in CalReady. Mm -hmm. But I would, I know we use Excel sheet a lot and I think mm -hmm. we use our own um specific program mm -hmm. for uh in order to see this like the data the data uh, but that's a really great question i'm not entirely sure okay All yeah. right, no worries um but that's then... that's true we do use like public health uses a lot of different systems and uh, yeah it's uh... definitely be especially if you want to be a statistician or mm. in epidemiology i'm sure that those different programs it would be really great for you to have on your resume. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I actually want to go to epidemiology. So yeah, that's one of those languages I'm like inclined to uh, learn about. So I was like kind of curious, like, hmm. Because yeah, I know like some people like they talk about like using programming language like SPS, R, I never really, um, I actually got to learn a little bit of R through my statistics yeah. class. So it was kind of interesting oh, to good. learn about the program. I'm still yeah. like, I only know like the basics, but like I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so how has this career field changed since you started it? Like since the time you started this career field, what have you seen changed? Yeah, well, that's a really great question. So I only recently got into this career field. I got hired in October and it was because of um, the pandemic. And so I can't, I don't know necessarily how my career field looked before, but I know now it's like um, they are, they needed a lot of support. And so they hired three extra people and they're continuously hiring. For CalReady, I know that their department was a team of maybe less, less than 40 and now we're a team of 40. 
And in my specific team, it went from like maybe one or two people and it has grown to about nine um, workers in my specific, in the CalReady help desk. And uh, now some changes that I've seen. So we're all work from home for now because of the pandemic. We usually do take phone calls, but because we're work from home, now everything's online and it's through email instead of doing both email and phone call. And yeah, so those are some of the changes that I've seen. I think um, because of the influx of cases and the more use of CalReady, I think there has been definitely a lot more people who are using it and who are needing that information to better support uh, the pandemic and the efforts for the, not only for the counties, but also statewide. Oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. That's good to get yeah. knowledge with that because, you know, especially since we're like, you know, worldwide pandemic, it's good to get some info and insight about like what they're doing in California. Yeah, exactly. At first, like I know in the beginning of the pandemic, people are like, you know, don't wear masks, don't wear masks. And like, there's still yeah. people like that with the anti-maxers type of thing, uh, yeah. maskers. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, do it for the sake of your people and like be able to protect one another. And like, I feel like there's a lot of like misinformation out there right now too, in terms of like the vaccine too. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like saying bad stuff about it and then there's good stuff about it. And then there's like side effects and everyone, there's so much like things going on right now. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see public health like going in full go right now, especially since they're yeah. releasing the vaccine. I heard like at Dodger Stadium, they're doing like a mass vaccination. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I That's heard so about cool. that recently. I was like listening. I was like, oh, whoa, it's yeah. going to be pretty interesting. So we'll see yeah, how that honestly. goes. Yeah, but yeah. Um, let me see. What inspired you to go into public health? So what inspired me to go into public health? Um, so when I got into San Jose State and basically throughout my whole life, I was really gung-ho about going into nursing. And so that was my, you know, career path. That was like my eye on the prize was me and my friends would say nursing or die. Like, that's what we're going to do. Yep. And then um, I was kind of alluding to this in our prior conversation, but the prerequisites at San Jose State and I think in universities in general, where you're not like already in the nursing program, they're very hard. And so at San Jose State, specifically like um, physiology, that's like one of the hardest classes you could take. And I've met people who had taken physiology like three times before they were able to pass. And so that is, it's kind of like a weeder class where they make it really hard so that um, people who can't take it, then you know they can't do kinesiology anymore or they won't be able to get into the nursing program because of their grades. And so I know, I know San Jose State, like they say you can get like one C in one of the top like six prerequisites but if you get more than that it's like you know forget it like you're not even going to get in because it's so like cutthroat and so I had taken those prerequisite classes and um unfortunately I didn't get those grades and so I um you know really had to reevaluate like what did I want to do do and I had a couple friends who were pre-nursing with me and had switched over to it was health science before and now it's public health and um, I know public health slash health science, it still dealt with people's health as well as had opportunities to work in hospital. And so that's where I guess 
I wanted to go because I wanted to work in a hospital and maybe pursue nursing in the future. And so I said, I think this is like the closest um, major to what nursing could be. And so I had applied for the public health program and then got accepted. And yeah, so I like public health because um, for nursing, especially when I was doing my prerequisites, I couldn't really conceptualize like what I was doing. But then when I was taking the, my public health classes, I was able to like really learn and kind of visualize what kind of stuff I could do in the future as a career. And I love how in public health, you're not just looking at an individual's health, but you're looking at a whole entire community's health and how you could do prevention. And I think that's what really resonated with me was like prevention because you know, in the Filipino American community, there are a lot of health disparities and how are we able to support and do prevention and health education if we're not in that field doing that research, doing that health education. And so that's what I really liked about public health. Definitely, thank you for sharing that because I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely with public health, like you help the community as a whole. And I really do admire that. Like, thank you for sharing that because that's something I do agree with you upon because what I feel like with radiology and nursing, not saying that those careers are less important or anything, like those careers are very important. Um, however, my belief is of why I went to public health was for the same reason, like you help the population as a whole and you help them on a larger scale. So yeah. by doing so, you're able to help more and more people behind the scenes, technically speaking. Like if you work like in epidemiology or biostatistics, you would work behind the scenes to calculate like what's the risk ratio? What is the risk assessment for this population? Stuff like that. And yeah. like it gives you an idea like, oh, so you're helping the community, but in a different way. So, exactly. And I definitely like that you were mentioning that because a lot of people, when they think of public health, they're like, so like administration, right? So you get to yeah. around and like, uh, no, that's no. Not, that's not exactly true. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's other fields out there, like you were mentioning, like epidemiology, biostatistics, you know, definitely like, that's why I kind of wanted to have this podcast. So like more and more people understand, like, what can you do with a public health major? And what can you do in terms of like Filipino representation? Because we're always told like, nursing, 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 yeah. and nothing but nursing. And if yeah. it's not nursing, <laughs> then that's it, guys. Bye-bye. And I, I definitely know. have experienced anatomy and physio. I took I took anatomy last semester yeah. at uh, Mission College, but now I'm going to be taking physio. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Semester, Good luck. So, um, prayers Good luck. for me. <laughs> I know. So I heard that the labs are easier, but the lectures, yeah. uh, not so much. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. But um, I'm, I'm good. At, I'm kind of good at chemistry, so I hope everything goes well. Yeah, so. I hope so too. My <laughs> prayers are, are with you right now because physio <laughs> was not the easiest, but I had really great friends and I think that was the best part was the friends that I created through struggling together. Yeah, that's so true. good luck. Yeah, thank you. So hopefully everything goes well, but um, on to our next question. So what are your main responsibilities in your current position? Yeah, so my main responsibilities in my current position is that I create login and passwords for different accounts in CalReady. And that could be for local health departments, laboratories, hospitals, and even nursing facilities. I also do password resets. So when people aren't able to go into their accounts and they need a password reset, we're, we're the ones who do it. And I also do some data entry and cleaning up for CalReady and supporting our local health departments and um, 
for hospitals because as you can tell, it's like COVID-19, so much is going on. And so um, we're there to do some extra support and extra cleanup for them. So it's a less blow for them. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So um, in terms of a tip, what is like a typical day or actually, yeah, what is a typical day like for you? Yeah, so right now we're all work from home and I'm very thankful that I got a laptop that I could use myself. And so um, my supervisor, she's pretty um, nice and I don't think, actually, I don't know, but I start at 8 a.m. And um, in the morning I am, so CalReady has their own, like CalReady Help has an inbox and that's where everyone shoots off all their questions or submits their forms to create new accounts. Um, I'm still getting trained on how to do that. And sometimes I'll do shadowing with a already trained CalReady uh, help desk person. If I'm not doing that, there's also subfolders that has other information or accounts that need to be created. And so I am specifically in charge of a subfolder and I'll look through different emails of that folder and I'll make sure and check whether those, um, those applications are created and completed. And if not, then I'll respond and ask for that extra information or I'll forward it to another coworker so that they could create that account too. And then, um, excuse me. And then we have a morning check-in meeting. So then if there's any new information that we need to know about or if something's not working, we could talk about it and get all that information so that, so that we're all on the same page. And then most of my day is creating accounts. And so on, in a typical week, I could create up to 60 to 70 accounts per week. That's my average right now. Whoa. And I'll also, yeah, I know. it's actually a lot. My coworker, she'll, she could do like 80 a week. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's a lot. And I think I subconsciously was like, oh man, I have to make like 80 accounts too. But <laughs> oh, wow. I like, I'm starting to realize and I'm trying to learn to, you know, slow down. And like, mm -hmm. it's, it's always quality over quantity because um, like I said before, like a lot of it, it's really paying attention to detail and making sure that I'm giving these, um, these end users the correct information, because if not, um, they're not able to do their job the way that they should. So, yeah. Um, and I'm also, uh, I also do data cleanup. So as you can imagine with COVID-19, there's, um, some stuff might not be coded like correctly. And so um, I'm just there to support and like help clean up wherever I can. So an example of that is that um, sometimes the jurisdiction of a lab report might not would be unknown. And so I'll change it to the, the actual county it belongs to so that those local health departments have access to that lab report. Oh, so like mm -hmm. you're kind of like, okay, got to do a double check to see if the information is accurate and then send it back to the county it's from. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah. so like. Like, for example, like if they had like a backlog of the numbers or something for like the COVID numbers, you're responsible for making sure like it's correct and stuff too, or like. Yeah, yeah, oh. something like that. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. Cool. So yeah, definitely we need you guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. super thankful. Yeah, be like, okay, got to go through my rubric first before you go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, in terms of your work, so what do you like most about your job? And then what do you like least about your work? I, what I really like about my job is that I'm directly supporting COVID-19, although it might be 
like a small part. I'm not really working with patients. Um, if you look at like the California Department of Public Health website, or if you look at your county website to see how many numbers there are in California as a whole, or like just in Alameda County, uh, those numbers are because of our the CalReady system and how many um, like cases that are being inputted into that system. And so I really like that I'm helping in that way. Um, both my, my mom and my kuya, they're both nurses and my kuya works in the COVID-19 unit at a local hospital. And um, prior to getting this job, um, I just felt kind of helpless because, you know, I got my degree in public health and, you know, I didn't expect to live through a pandemic. And so I was like, dang, like, this is like my time to shine. Like, you know, people know it know what public health is because of this and like I feel really bad that I'm not able to support in the way that I know I can and so I really like that even though it might be a small part of um, helping that you could really see in public health there's so many facets of support that you can do in, in the COVID-19 work and I really like that um, I really like my team I think that's really important especially when you start applying for jobs or even at your internships like seeing what kind of boss that you want and seeing what kind of coworker you want to be or like what kind of coworkers um, that you have because I think that's really important, especially in sustaining workers to stay in, in that field or in that job because I've had um, bosses that I didn't particularly, particularly like and I've had bosses that I loved and I think that really um, makes or breaks a person from staying in that job. And so I really like my team. They're super helpful and they're super kind and just very forgiving. So I'm really happy that I got lucky with a really nice and supportive team. And I also, um, I don't know if people like really resonate with this, but I really kind of like how repetitive it is because, you know, it's my first job out of grad or out of, um, out of getting my degree. And, you know, I'm working from home it's not, it's not too crazy. So I really like that, even though, you know, some from time to time, it does get hectic and new things might pop up. For the most part, I know what I'm going to be doing that day. And it's not, um, once you get the hang of it, it's not too hard. So I like that about the work that I do. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing all that. That was definitely, wow. <laughs> definitely team building is definitely essential for public health. Cause they, I heard even at San Jose State, they have like a team building course, right? If I yeah, didn't exactly. remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, like what did you guys do in that team building course? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, so the team building course from what I remember, it's basically you're paired up in a team and you work with them for the whole semester. And it's just basically helping you kind of figure out what you, what you like to do within a team, but also how to work in a team. So you're always like, you know, talking to each other, you'll have tasks that you'll have to do throughout the week. So I think one of our assignments is to do like a team bonding activity that you present to the class. And then your big project is um, creating a group presentation to showcase in your class that will include um, various slides like an introduction, um, information, maybe a group activity, and then a conclusion. And um, that kind of just shows you like, how to work with other people because you know some people might not be able to communicate effectively or some people might just do all the work and not give you all the um not allow other people to also support you in that work and so 
Um, team building is really important. I've had classmates who weren't team builders and it's really frustrating when, you know, you're all getting graded on how you could be, how you could work well in a team. So it's hard when one person does all the work and there's nothing else that you can do. So how can you grade me on work that I, can't, I couldn't even do? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so that would be a definite struggle because yeah, public health is definitely team oriented. So if somebody is not putting in the effort and then you're doing all the effort, then that's going to be yeah. an issue. So yeah. yeah, I definitely see that in like uh, many, in certain cases within my college years. So yeah. hopefully though that when I go to San Jose State or wherever I end up going, hopefully that yeah. doesn't happen. But um, in that case, I think a good question to ask is, what kinds of problems do you deal with in terms of your job and what kind of decisions do you have to make? Yeah, so, you know, the Calvary Help Desk, you're always working with problems and always trying to support your customers or the end users on how to find those solutions. And, you know, since I'm new and since this pandemic, I've been trying to, it's like a really steep learning curve because I'm not only trying to learn how to use CalReady, but I'm also trying to figure out what the solutions are for the problems that these end users might be having. And so I think some of the problems that I've had to deal with with work is how to ask for help. And then when, when is it good to um, refer to my boss and to ask for their help in how to find that solution for the end user? I think, um, I don't know how I learned this, but when I was, I think growing up, I always was like really independent and I was always someone who was like, okay, I'm going to find a solution myself. Or like, if there's, if I'm not doing anything, then I'm going to find something to do. And I think in this line of work, I'm trying to unlearn that and like really step out of my boundaries to ask for help and to um, find the support that I need. So I think that's been um, one of the challenging parts of my job but it's definitely very problem oriented and trying to find those solutions. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, because especially with, you know, the whole pandemic, there could be mishaps, like tech technical issues is definitely something that I'm pretty sure you've encountered. So yeah. <laughs> like, especially with if Zoom goes off one day during your meeting and like the whole thing crashes. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sometimes, sometimes like CalReady, it will like, you know, something will happen and it will, you can't log in. And so uh, we're the we're the ones everyone's emailing like oh we can't log in like what's going on <laughs> and we have to you know let them know yeah. and then when that happens I'm like well I guess it's my 15 minute break because it's not <laughs> working <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah oh, wow. well I mean I'm glad that you're doing that because we definitely need that during this pandemic especially with what's going on right now so. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I think I can skip the, the this question here, but how does your job affect your general lifestyle? Yeah, so this job, I think I'm so fortunate that it's all work from home because I think the specific location, um, so California Department of Public Health is actually in Sacramento. And I think my specific location is in Sacramento. So thankfully I didn't have to move and my contract is going to be work from home and so I think sorry I'm trying to look at the question so I think how this affected my general lifestyle was it didn't really because I get to work from home but I think it's also a blessing in disguise because um 
So my Lola, she lives only a couple blocks away from me. And my auntie, she's a nurse and they live together. But my auntie works the day shift. And so every day I feel fortunate that I get to, um, so I take care of my Lola and I watch her during the day. And so I'm thankful that I get to work from home because I can support her and like take care of my Lola in a way that I wasn't able to since I was off in college or going to school. And she's not, it's not necessarily that she needs like, um, like huge support. She just needs someone to like, you know, you know, make sure she's okay, walk with her and like, you know, make sure that um, she's eating. So it's not, or like um, she watches Provinciano and so she she just needs someone to like turn on the TV for her and like <laughs> play the play the TV shows. Aww. So yeah, so I feel very fortunate that I'm able to support my family in that way. And I think as Filipino Americans, that's like really big. Like um, that we're not we're fortunate enough that I'm able to support them in that way. And like my my auntie doesn't have to worry while she's also worrying about um, her job and like supporting her patients. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, because your aunt, does she work as a nurse as well, too? Yeah. Oh, I see. So does she, just a little question. So does your aunt work as an ER nurse or like ICU or? No, my aunt, she works, I think, I can't pronounce it, but she works in like what, like a surgery unit for stomach. Med search or? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Some, some but not, yeah, but it's not ICU or the emergency department. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So I definitely um understand where you're coming from because especially with you know the pandemic and being able to be with your family is definitely something to um really be happy about because now you can be at home while working. Yeah. And like it gives you the opportunity to like, you know, chill at home and other stuff. But I think yeah, you don't um, have to commute. Yeah, and then not being able, to, um, not commuting is definitely better too. Um, yeah. And then Filipinos are very family oriented, so yeah. I definitely see that a lot in like at least in my community. Like my mom's a nurse, and then my dad he works as a warehouse. And oh then, yeah. Yeah, so my mom she works as like a registered nurse for Kaiser. Mm-hmm. So oh cool, does, Me, like, my family too. Oh really? Oh, no, that's <laughs> yeah. ironic. Yeah um yeah kaiser and then my uh, my aunt she works as an ot at davis oh cool so, yeah yeah like all my all my family is kind of like nursing ot and then my uncle works as an np so nursing practitioner so oh that's so cool yeah so they're kind of yeah. all over the healthcare sector type of thing yeah so. hopefully they're hopefully. safe what yeah. um what department does your mom work at um, so she does something called care managing. So what care managing oh, cool. is, is that you're responsible for making sure that like advice nurse patients. So let's just say like, you know, somebody just got out of the hospital. They need to check when they come home after they are um, discharged. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's responsible for that. Okay. Like after surgery, like, oh, what's up? How's everything going with you and stuff like that. So oh, cool. So is it telehealth? Pretty much correct. That's cool. Yeah. So she works as an advice nurse, basically. So, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. So she used to work on the floors, though, ER mm-hmm. and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, med surge and all that. So, yeah, she was responsible for that before, but now she's doing Oh, she transitioned. That. Yeah. She transitioned yeah. like a few years back because she was like, okay. So now she works like um, towards like Hayward, Yoon City ish area. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, but oh, um, cool. let me see what else. So what current issues and trends in the field should I know or other people should be aware about when going into public health? I think, especially with this pandemic, there's going to be a huge like interest and focus on like epidemi- epidemiology and statistics. I'm not sure how to exactly answer this question, but I do know like from talking to like, because um, I'm thinking about getting my master's. So I've been talking to a lot of different um, people within the master's programs or in the admissions for mass- the public health master programs. And they're saying also like, it's going to get more competitive in the next couple years, or even now, especially since the GRE is waived, everything is work from home. And people are now like realizing how important public health is or just understanding what public health is, is that it's gonna be a general trend that more people are gonna want to pursue that type of degree, especially in higher ed. Yeah, definitely. And like, at first, like I remember, like I said earlier, a lot of people like think, oh, public health is just admin work, but it's not just admin mm-hmm. work. There's so much like go epidemiology and other stuff. So I think uh, one question is gonna, I'm gonna ask you then is, what are some common career paths in this field of public health that you know as yeah. people go into? So common career paths that you could go into for public health is um, I'll, I'll probably say some that are like entry level, especially for our listeners who are just graduated and like are looking for those um, job positions and titles. I know for me, I had no idea what anything was. Like I don't even know what to really search. So some of the entry level jobs I would say um, would be like administration assistant, um, program assistant, also like what patient coordinator, um, something with an analyst on the end of it. Those could be some positions that people could be aware of or like understand more and, or even health educator. It honestly just depends. I know that um, for specifically the California Department of Public Health, some positions that are entry level are, it's, it's called a staff services analyst, or sorry, staff services analyst, and then two other lower level positions that don't require a bachelor's degree is an office, office technician general and office technician general typing. Oh, okay. So that's very interesting. So yeah, there's a wide variety then that case. Yeah. Um, so in terms of besides the entry level jobs, um, mm-hmm. for our listeners too, um, what other careers um, after like you get your master's do you notice people go into? Uh, I think you could go into like a program manager role. Definitely um, having a master's will allow you to move up quicker and faster in like per se, like the position you're in. So for example, I don't necessarily think you need a master's for this, but right now in CalReady, I'm considered a tier one. Mm-hmm. And then I think as I go on into this career and get more experience in this field, I'll be transitioned into a tier two. And that just means that I'll be probably going over more of the harder problems and questions that end users will have. That's a, that's also like a question that I have too, like what can I do with a master's degree? Um, I think you could also become like a researcher, mm-hmm. uh, a professor, 
-hmm. an assistant professor, um, a counselor, perhaps. Those are the ones that I could think of on top of my head. And also, I, I want to say that public health, the bachelor's degree or an undergrad degree is something that's fairly new. And so um, I think those specific, I think they've always had these type of positions. It's just that, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what kind of positions you could get in a master's degree role, or maybe like a director of some sort as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I heard like yeah. people go into like epidemiology, so like epidemiologists. Yeah, epidemiologists. Yeah, yeah, I know that one for sure. And then biostatistics, I think was another one. And like, yeah, I, think, I think another one, um, if you guys are also listening, you guys can go into health education. So that was definitely yeah. one you mentioned. So like, um, I heard people can like be professors as you um, said. And then I think people too, they go to like senior um, centers and teach them about like flu vaccines and stuff like that. I've heard people mm -hmm. do that too. Um, what are others? I think administration was another one. So admin is one. Yeah, admin. Um, yeah, so I've seen like people go into like health admin roles and responsible for like checking the numbers for like the admin hospital, like how many patients can we handle in the hospital type of setting. I think yeah. I've heard, right? So, yeah. but other than that, um, yeah, there's a lot of careers you can do with public health. So that's why I like it because it's very interdisciplinary. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, that's why it's definitely like definitely rewarding. So what kinds of accomplish, accomplishments tend to be valued and rewarded in this field? I think with public health, because it's very much a career that is very fueled in community work and helping support a community. I think what's really, I think for me, what's really valued is the support that we can bring and accomplishing like true prevention for communities to have a higher quality of health and like life. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not necessarily like, or maybe just like my philosophy, like I never really think about like any awards or accolades that you could get in this position or like in this profession, you just kind of, you got to just do the work for your community and like, that's like the award, the reward in itself. You know what I mean? I like, like that answer. <laughs> yeah, like because yeah. I did the Filipinx American Public Health Conference, and I didn't do it because like I don't know. I didn't want to be like known as the founder, or, like get like some sort of like like clout for it. Like I really did it because I was like, you know, I'm struggling as like a Filipinx American, um, in public health. Like I don't know what I'm doing, and like. I found like a lot of really cool people through Twitter. And I was like, you know, I think people would really enjoy a conference where we could all come together and like learn more and like learn about what's going on within our community and hopefully spark interest or um, plant those seeds where um, future public health leaders can really do that work for our community and help our community out and find people that could also make that their dreams a reality or figure out like what their niche is within public health. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah, I like that. So um, I think a good question to ask, cause I was going to originally ask what re related fields do you think I should consider looking into? I think the yeah. question would be what, what do you see? Like, do you think that people should just stick with epidemiology and that stuff? Uh -huh. Is there other fields that they can go into besides that? 
Like they can, can they go into pharmacy? Can they go into being a doctor yeah. with this degree? Oh, yeah. yeah. I honestly would say like everyone should take public health, like as a class, <laughs> as like, um, as a minor, as in anything, because it's so important. And like, um, I definitely know a lot of people who've gotten, like, again, um, public health has been more traditionally a master's, a master's degree. And so I know a lot of like pharmacists. I know a lot of actually one of my friends who is a pharmacist. Um, he was helping create the Pilipinx American Public Health Conference. Um, oh. Yeah, he was the one who was doing, his name was Bradley, and he was helping with the panelist section portion oh. of the conference. And um, a lot of physicians, they get their degrees in public health or their master's in public health. I think it's just good to like understand communities um, better. And then I think that will definitely help them make those different decisions when working with them in a individual like level. Do you watch Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, I've watched it before, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's like this episode that came on like recently and it was about an Asian American who um, had come into the hospital and basically the doctor who was taking care of, care of this patient was white. And so they obviously didn't realize that um, there were certain a certain disease that Asian Americans were more receptive to. And so um, since he was, the doctor was going by like the, what is like the common protocol for, you know, the average patient didn't realize that this patient should have gotten a specific care of like being looked at like a CT scan. And so I think like with public health, that kind of goes hand in hand because you look at health disparities of a community as a whole and how um, that actions or those um, the actions that you might take um, in like a public health perspective can really help you in a patient and individual perspective. But you know, I don't know what they they learn in like med school or like in um, in those type of professions. So they might also get public health um, classes or courses that allude to that too. Oh, okay, got it. How did you begin um, in terms of your public health major? Like what, what did you start with when you started at San Jose State? Yeah, so there are, they're like um, lower level, I think they're called lower level classes that you would take. So it's like health science one, oh, like the team building class that you talked about, that we just talked about. I'm trying to remember, I was also a, um, academic advisor, public health academic advisor. So I'm kind of familiar with these classes. They're basically like um, biostats. They're basically like the lower level, like um, basics of like public health and like information on that. Um, I would say also, so we talked about Professor Cal before, but I remember specifically, um, I was in office hours with Professor Cal and I said, you know, do you have any internships that you know, are you looking for an intern or anything? And um, he wasn't, but he did intern for Santa Clara County and told me about those internships. And I think it's really important in whatever career field that you do go into or um, any major that you go into is to find those internships because those do open doors for you, whether you learn new skills or even a job at the end of it. But definitely, um, after I took a couple classes, I wanted to pursue attaining an internship so that I had something on my resume 
that I um, gained more skills and gained more knowledge of like what I can do in public health. Because as we said, there are just so many things that you can do. It's so hard to like pinpoint it and like figure out like what kind of jobs that you, you can get with a degree in public health. And so I'm very thankful that um, Professor Cow was so willing to support me in like finding a internship, even though it was just like letting me know that there was one out there. So definitely um, doing an internship is really important. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because I heard like, you know, in terms of internships, like, you know, some people like they go into internships, become successful and then make big bank later on. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's others that, um, you know, are like, oh, no, like, I didn't apply to any internships, like, what should I do type of thing? Because I noticed, yeah. like, some people, like, are without a job sometimes. So mm -hmm. what steps do you recommend for those people that are kind of scared of not having a job security after they graduate? Yeah. Well, I for sure can relate to that. I know a lot of my friends who, you know, really focused on school and didn't really necessarily um, joined organizations during San Jose State or... Um, pursued any internships although at San Jose State I think they made it a requirement to get an internship so that's really great that San Jose State does offer that as um, I think San Jose State does it for a lot of their majors where you can't graduate without an internship under your belt so that that doesn't happen but I think some advice that I could give is even when you're post-grad even if you're years out you can still apply for internships so I would say like if you, you know, you're changing fields or you, you're not so, sh you don't have experience. Like I would say also like any experience is experience. Like my job has to do with customer service. Customer service could be anything from food related to, um, you know, clothing stores or makeup stores. Like any experience can be experience. I'd also say like volunteering. So whether it's in your local like church whether it's online or um, or anything like that experience can really translate well to different um, like recruiters or people who are going to be interviewing you. Cause they really, I think a lot of interviewing is just seeing like um, what you know, what they have to teach you. And then if you could work well within their team or, or fit well in their team. Oh, so yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah. I know my author in, um, so I think she she had an internship and then she's not in our, our career field but she um, it's been maybe like a year after she graduated and she still applied for internships even like on top of her day job because she knew that she needed more experience and then also like with the Philippinex American Public Health Conference like if you can't find those experiences then create them like what's especially now like what's stopping you from um, creating your own health education workshop and then inviting your friends and your colleagues to come join and attend it and there you have your experience because you created a presentation you did the research you executed a um a, a program with x amount of participants with um zoom and like this is what you learned and this is what you did and so I definitely think that, you know, taking initiative and being a leader in that sense can also go a long way too with, um, with employers and people who are looking for people, even if it's not in your field. Like, um, I definitely think people can see your heart and people could see like, you know, if you're really genuinely interested in it. And so 
definitely don't sell yourself short when you feel like you don't have that experience because what's stopping you from getting that job and another person is that if you applied or not. So never thinking that, you know, you need X amount of experience to attain that job because it honestly could be who you know. It could honestly be um, whether the person liked you or not in the interview or the experience you have. So it honestly just depends. Yeah, thank you for that answer because, you know, I definitely agree with that because, you know, a lot of people are like, internship, what about job? What about my AP classes? Because I know in high school when I was, how long ago was that? <laughs> I can't remember now. I know. <laughs> when, I I was in, when I was in high school, a lot of people were like, oh, like, why, why, uh, why are you going to Ohlone or going to this school and community college? Like, I think we were talking about this in our prior conversation that, you know, some people try to uh, put down people who go to community colleges. So yeah. I think one question I'll ask you is, is it okay to go to community college? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, I didn't go to community college um, like, um, and then transfer to like a CSU, but I really like, I did community college in the summer and I actually have been, so for my, before I got my job at the California, um, sorry, I'm still trying to figure that out. But basically I had interned for the California Department of Public Health and they required you to still be a student. And so I had applied to City College San Francisco. And so I took, um, and I've been continuously taking classes at City CCSF because I just love learning. And um, although I love San Jose State and the classes I did take, there are a lot of classes at CCSF that were not offered at SJSU. So for example, um, I took global health, I took public health, social justice. Last semester, I took Philippine history and then I took Philippine art history. And it's really awesome because at a community college, especially those classes that I took, it really focused on the areas in San Francisco and like um, California history and like the ways that um, public health has shaped or did not shape um, like California. And like, yeah, so I really love um, community college, especially I know um, Bea, she's a nursing student and she's a pre-nursing student, sorry. And she's going to community college. And I would really recommend students who are interested in nursing to go into a community college because one, like I said before, um, at least at San Jose State, the pre-nursing prerequisites are pretty hard. And I think at a community college, they are easier. I'm not sure why, I don't know either because I did not take it at a community college, but um, I've heard that they are easier, not necessarily like yeah, I'm not sure why, but um, yeah, I've heard that they're easier. And because you're at a community college, you're able to apply to like more more programs. I know at San Jose State, I, I wouldn't know how, what it would look like to apply as a student from, CS, from San Jose State to like a different um, college and like to transfer. I wouldn't know how that would work. So I think just community college and it's cheaper it's yeah. like cheaper so I definitely agree with yeah. that because you know with requirements to like if you go to a state university or UC I know this for sure like you aren't guaranteed acceptance to the nursing program 
whether you went to that institution or not. So I think I'm, I'm going to go off on that. Like definitely with community college, like a lot of people go into community college with this instinct, like, well, what should I do? Right? Like, that's what we all ask ourselves, like, what should we do? But then you also have people to go to CSUs and UCs that ask the same question to themselves. But I really think in a community college aspect, like you really do get to learn about what you want to do for yourself. And like you have definitely smaller class sizes. And I think that's what makes it easier because at a CSU, these professors are usually busy doing research and other things. But at a CC, you have a smaller class size. So then you're able to contact the professor about certain things that you aren't really able to address in a larger class scale at like at San Jose Mm -hmm. State. So I think that's why it's probably easier because you're able to contact the professor. You're able to get that aid. I mean, right now this pandemic is kind of tough, but like pre-COVID when I had science classes in person, I definitely like the flexibility of their office hours too. And some of those professors actually come from San Jose State and from SFSU and from UC Berkeley and stuff like that. And they teach at Ohlone as well or teach at other community colleges as well. So So you're still sometimes getting the same education. (laughs) And they're the same professors. So they could be good or bad. So you got the 50-50 type of thing out here. So definitely... You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because definitely community colleges are a good resource and I definitely advocate for people to go to CCs. So yeah, um, yeah. another thing that I'm going to ask is like, what are some strategies do you, that you recommend to people seeking position in this field? Yeah, so strategies that I would have, would recommend people who are seeking a position in this field is, you know, honestly, util- utilizing like LinkedIn and, um, if there are internship opportunities, because definitely with internships, you get a feel of like, you know, if you like working for the state, which, you know, I learned that I did. And um, honestly, if I didn't intern, I would have no idea how to like apply for this job. I would have no idea how to like, what positions there were in like the California Department of Public Health. And like, and if you don't have the opportunity to do that, then I think like reaching out to people on LinkedIn would be a really great resource because then they'll be the ones to tell you kind of like what are the ins and outs of applying. Because I know for me, um, I was really fortunate that I had a really great boss and I had really great coworkers that, you know, really held my hand through the application process. Although I didn't, I did apply to a couple government, like CDPH jobs. Um, This one is through Haluna Health. So it's through a contract agency, especially with California Department of Public Health, I've noticed that a lot of um, people who are working at the gov- at CDPH, they're not necessarily uh, employed by CDPH. They're employed by UC Davis. They're employed by UCSF. They're employed by, um, what else? Haluna Health. So also looking at the, their, um, their job listings too, because they, you'd be surprised that um, you, there might be positions open at like even the local level, like uh, what is it? Um, San Francisco Department of Public Health or Alameda Department of Public Health. Yeah, and um, specifically for California Department of Public Health, you would have to go to the Cal Careers website. So that's calcareers.ca.gov. And you would, you would have to like um, make your own account and then you could look for positions. It's called, again, the Staff Services Analyst position. 
and there's actually tests that you have to um, have to take. And so the test test that you would have to take for the staff services analyst position, it's a self-assessment test. And something that people don't know is that you know a lot of people actually underscore themselves, and especially in I believe our community as Filipino Americans, you know, a lot of people and a lot of families teach you to be humble, and you know don't don't brag too much and don't you know oversell yourself. But I think especially with self-assessments, you have to because um, if you if you grade lower than a seventy percent, then they don't even look at your application. And so some people who are contracted through like those UCs or through Helena Health might not get those full-time positions at the actual agency because they didn't um, they didn't test high enough. And so that's like a advice that I was given was, you know, think about the experience that you, you have because any experience is experience. So if they're asking like, how have you worked in a team before? It, at your in your classes you've worked in a team for your whole entire four years so you have four years worth of experience you should be confident that you know how you could work in a team if they ask you this is an example that my coworker gave me if you um if they ask you which i don't think they do but like for example they ask you if you've um done some sort of like banking experience well if you own your own like if you do credit if you have your own credit card if you have your own um, bank account and you budget then that's that should count as experience too so that's definitely something that you should be on the lookout for and like really reading the requirements because some of the tests um like for example one of the positions i was applying for it's like an office technician position and there is like a typing test portion of it and i you know i don't want to do this typing test portion and like you have to go in person and we're in a pandemic and I was like I I didn't know you had to do the typing like in person so it's like really reading what you have to do for those specific tests but yeah those are like those are the entry-level jobs that I could think of that are on the Cal Careers website and I think the closest location for the California Department of Public Health is in Richmond so also thinking about commuting for my internship I was commuting and I think from where I'm located, that was like a 40 minute commute. So you have to think about like um, location wise and like if you're able to move closer and like how far of a distance that would be. So yeah, that's kind of like how people can first get into that field and like common entry level jobs that you could look into. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that because definitely like yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but like government jobs and like something internship related or something you can do is just like really like just connections. I think that's yeah. one thing that really stood out from your um, conversation with me today is definitely connections and being able to understand like, look, like you can't just graduate and be like, okay, I'm going to go into the job now, right? No, you're like, yeah. you have to work for it. Like, I do agree where, where you're coming from because, you know, a lot of people have this um, mindset like, I got a degree at UC Berkeley, so now I'm going to get a job now. But yeah. you have to work hard for it to get there first. So yeah, you exactly. see people like, I remember people are like, oh, you know, East Bay is East Bay. Like, I'm not going to get a good job out of this school. But there are people who do. And yeah. it's really wonderful to hear those stories and be able to like uh, acknowledge that it 
it's not the school it's what mm -hmm. you make out of it that makes a difference exactly so i definitely um agree with you on that so yeah. um in oh, terms actually, of actually i was gonna okay. say sorry um okay. i think for cdph2 uh -huh. i think they're most hired like staff are csu students so oh, you really wow. yeah don't quote me on that but i think because we have like a special there's a special csu partnership with cdph for interns so uh, you know definitely if you do transfer over to a csu and you're interested in public health that's an opportunity mm -hmm. i think they might be expanding it to non-csu students but that's a really great opportunity for csu students to have because i know that i feel like people sleep on csu schools and even community colleges, but it, it's honestly a really great opportunity um, to grow and learn. Cause I think like, especially San Jose State, you know, we're in Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. there's a plethora of different companies and businesses that you could intern with, volunteer at, um, even speak with, or even like mentorship programs. So mm -hmm. yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Um, what I was gonna ask is, um, but thank you for sharing that though. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because I heard about that the CDPHs have like internships like with the school and they have like a contract, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very interesting. Oh, I might actually look into that. Um, yeah. So, what type of journals, magazines, or professional associations would be helpful to reach out to for public health majors? Like, in terms mm -hmm. of like news or whatever. Oh, that's a good question. So for San Jose State, they made us subscribe to this one called, the, I think it's the Kaiser Foundation. Oh, Kaiser News, right, or something? Yeah, Kaiser News. He, I think it was, was it KSS? But yeah. they gave you like daily news that uh, like you could subscribe and on a daily basis, they will give you like news updates on like public health issues. I'm trying to think, there's like a, oh, what is it called? I think it's called APHA. APHA, mm -hmm. it's a nationally recognized organization and for public health students and like, yeah, students in general, you get a discount. So I would definitely recommend using your school, you know, your school um, email so that you could get that discount because I think general um, membership fee is like around $600. And I think for students, it's like $200. That's a really great organization. I've heard I haven't joined it because I'm not I, I didn't pay for the 200 student thing. So I'd have to pay for general and I was like, I'm not I don't know if I want to put that much money into it. But usually they have like a conference that's like in person and you could get to go, you would get to, you know, fly out and like learn about public health and like network. So that's a really good one. If luckily there's like a lot of different like public health organizations within the Philippinex American community, specifically in California, specifically in the Bay Area. I know there's like the public health, Philippinex public health um, initiative, I think they're called. And then there's like the Mabuhay Health Clinic or Health Center, which is in SF. Uh, there's like Tayo Health, which is I think located based in Los Angeles. And they've been providing a lot of good information on COVID-19 and they've also translated into Tagalog. Um, 
Yeah, there's actually a lot of like organizations that are popping up, like even the Philippine X American Public Health Conference, uh, where students could hopefully join and participate in like different public health initiatives. And you'd be really surprised too, because even like organizations you may join that might not be like really public health related, you never know what kind of opportunities come up that can eventually be public health related. Also for students, um, health career connections. Sorry, this not this might not be like publications or anything, but it's a really great organization too. It's like an internship program, and um, they really emphasize people of color and those in minority communities to apply because they give you opportunities to network and build those different skill sets for a career in public health. And you're when you're an alumni, they provide you a lot of um, opportunities to volunteer, opportunities to mentor, as well as um, network. And so I really enjoyed my internship with Health Career Connections and the people that I've met. Some of them I still talk to today and I was, I've been an alumni for about two years now. And so I definitely would recommend that for anyone listening to look at Health Career Connections and apply next year for their new cohort. And I know Health Career Connections is on a national level. So they have locations in the Bay Area, in SoCal, in Boston, in I think Tennessee, in New York. So there's a lot of opportunities there for you to not only network, but also um, gain that experience that you might need for the career field. Okay, thank you for sharing that. I actually heard about Health Career Connections. Like I went to um, a Davis like uh, pre-health conference, I think, and they yeah. were talking about that. So that's how I heard about that. I was like thinking about it, like, hmm, I heard about that before. So yeah, but thank you yeah. for sharing that for our viewers. So I think a few more questions. So if you could do it all no over again, uh, would you choose the same path for yourself, uh, becoming a public health major? And if not, what would you change? Oh, that's a good question. I think the only thing that like I would change in my public health career is in undergrad and but also I feel like it would have changed where I went drastically so as an intern for so I was an intern for the Association of Asian Pacific Community Health Organization through um, and that was like my host site for Health Career Connections and they had actually offered me a full-time position or not full-time sorry to extend my internship to the following fall and I had declined because I really wanted an internship through um, Kaiser as a health education intern. And I think um, especially with my, because of my passion with supporting the Filipino American community as well as other Asian Americans and um, just like our community in general, I kind of wish that I stayed because I loved that team. I loved working there and um, I learned a lot. And after or like that the semester after I graduated they were actually hiring and I feel like you know you know I don't know if I would have gotten the job or not because I didn't apply I was too late but I felt like you know since if I had continued on um, that internship I could have potentially been a converted full-time and offered a position there but in and then when I interned at Kaiser I didn't really enjoy my experience and I kind of wish that I had stayed, but in retrospect now that I'm really out of it, that it's okay because I learned what kind of boss that I wanted, what kind of like 
coworkers that I would want. And then um, it led me to interning with the California Department of Public Health, which thankfully led me to a job. So yeah, I think in retrospect, you don't necessarily have to do everything. Like I definitely overworked myself and I definitely did way too much. And I wish that I kind of, you know, had more fun and like went out and like didn't do too many positions or um, did too many internships because it's not really always about the quantity, but the quality of the work and the, the quality that you do because also um, holding a lot of leadership positions and, you know, it's okay because I was young and I was like learning how to be president. I was learning how to be a leader. Um, I've made mistakes. And even though I put in my 100%, it wasn't necessarily my 100% because I was doing so much things that it was more, it was more so like 20% because that was only the capacity I had to give in that task or in that position. So I definitely think like if I could go back, I'd have more fun and I would chill on those leadership positions. Well, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to go into clubs. I want to do this, that, this, yeah. that, and then have like five million things going on there. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and like, I definitely get that because, you know, sometimes I overwork myself too. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do all of this. And then I overwork yeah. myself to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. So yeah. well, definitely I've experienced that myself. So um, I think one thing I'll say is like, um, in terms of la what would be like your last advice that you would give to someone considering going into public health? That's a good one. Also, I wanted to like preface that you should get involved, but don't get too involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think because um, it's, it's important. Like it, it honestly is who you know. Like, um, yeah, I would say probably my last advice is like make meaningful relationships and like I think it really is, it's not only what you know, it's who you know. And so creating those meaningful relationships with other people can really benefit you not only emotionally and as well as interconnectedly, but you never know like how you could use them as a resource later in life. So an example of that is that, especially in public health and especially in the Filipino American community in public health, like everyone kind of knows each other and you kind of see the same people coming around. Like I met, people online on Twitter and like that's where the Philippine American Public Health Conference came into fruitation because we did a, a Twitter call out and like because I met some cool cool you know cool ass people on um, Twitter who were in public health and like created some strong connections and friendships and those people became like my friends but I got to publish papers with them I got to create a conference with them um, some of them like I helped them with their resumes or like sending them job opportunities and it was really great because I not only got to like learn a lot from them, but um, I'm sure that they learned a lot from me. And so um, also, sorry, one more story. So when I was like looking for a job, because I was hardcore looking, um, I had made a friend in Health Career Connections and we added each other on Facebook. We had each other on LinkedIn. And I think I've talked to her twice and we were both resident advisors. So we connected on that level but I never like really saw her again. And then she hit me up on Facebook and was like, hey, um, I'm moving to San Jose, I got a job there. Do you know any good apartments? And so I was trying to help her with that. And then a year later, when I was looking for a job, I had put on Facebook like, oh, actually, you know, I'm so stressed about like looking for a job. I'm like, 
it's been like, you know, a stressful journey and stuff. And like, I'm really discouraged. And then she messages me and she said, hey, we're hiring. Um, I could put in a good word for you or like, here's a job position. If you need help with applying, if you need um, advice, like let me know. And I met her twice, you know, and specifically that position, that's not something that was like really heavily emphasized on LinkedIn or like something you could really see on a career website. And so for her to kind of hook it up like that was really important. And so I think it's really important to make a really long lasting, a positive long lasting impression on other people and like really cultivate those relationships because you never know like how they could benefit, you both can benefit from each other in the long run. Well, actually, thank you for sharing that last story because yeah. it's true. What comes around goes around, right? So yeah. definitely, like, I I appreciate you sharing that story because a lot of people, like, don't realize it, but it really is coming down to connections. Like, you help somebody, like, pick up their food one day or help them, like, mm-hmm. carry something to their classroom. They might become your manager one day and you just never exactly. know. Like, you I really remember, don't. Yeah, Go one ahead. day, like, for my story, too, I think one day, like, I I think it was one of my um, my classmates or technically my youth leader, like me and her ended up being good friends and stuff, right? And mm-hmm. at first, like, you know, we didn't really know each other that well. And this is actually Mary. <laughs> and uh, oh, she, yeah. she ended up, um, you know, becoming a youth leader and she went to San Jose State and we always kept in contact. But honestly, without her, I would have never known that public health was for me without the connections of her like connecting me to Daniel Cow and all yeah. those other amazing professors or some other professors that I know out there and some other colleagues of hers like I would have never truly known that this career was for me so I definitely um, suggest anyone who's listening to this podcast really make those connections it could be people in your church it could be people in your community whether it's like you know they are currently like seniors in college or even freshmen like you never know one day they could work with you or work as a manager and I've happened that before and I'm like wait you work as this now like and then I'm like dang like I remember one of my friends like we were just only I because I went to pharmacy tech school at ROP and Mm -hmm. um at first like you know me and her were just friends in class but then I found out that she's a lead technician at a pharmacy. So I was just like, whoa, like these people are going big places. So, you Mm -hmm. know, definitely like, yeah, take that into account, everyone. No bad blood, don't burn bridges. Like, yeah, um, don't don't burn bridges. There are some people that I'm like, staying away. (laughs) Yeah. You do not want to, yeah. yeah. Burning bridges is something you don't want to do either. So like always make good connections and definitely, yeah. Um, But just want to say, Thank you for sharing those stories and special thanks to Jennifer for being a guest on our podcast today. I genuinely appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate this. And I honestly love giving advice and like sharing my story. So thank you so much for giving me the platform to do so. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad that you were able to speak on behalf today. So, and thank you for that um, PAPHC conference too. Like, that yeah. was amazing like definitely being able to like have those connections really like listen to their stories like I didn't even know that there was a lot of Filipinos going into public health like at first I thought yeah. I was like the only one and then I saw in that conference 200 participants I was like <laughs> yeah honestly lot. I was so shocked too like 
we were we kept on selling out and we kept on having to like opening up more tickets and like <laughs> that just shows like how much there is a need for that and like i'm so happy that you know i had like really bad what what is it called i had like a really bad uh oh i can't remember the name or like what it's called but basically i didn't really believe in myself and so like that that conference like really like pushed doubting. me to believe in myself yeah. yeah i was like doubting myself and so i'm really and i was scared i was like oh my god are people gonna go or like people gonna like this is it even gonna run smoothly like what kind of you know stuff is gonna get, like bad is gonna happen mm. or technical difficulties and i'm so glad that there wasn't a lot so i'm so thankful that you were able to come and that you really enjoyed it because it honestly was for y'all so yeah well yeah, thank you again. So closing up this episode, follow us on our Instagram page at The Lamb Chats. DM us on our Instagram with topic ideas. And thank you for giving us your time. And we hope to chat with you guys again soon next week. Bye. Bye.